A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello and welcome to another edition of your favourite podcast, Insane in the Membrane. Insane in the Membrane. Hello everybody, welcome to the show once again. Ah, It's good to have you back, good to be back, nice to see you, hear you. Um, uh, Firstly, before we begin, I just need to say thank you to our wonderful Patreons for all the help and the love that you give to us. We really appreciate all that you do. Thank you so much. Uh, if you would like to join them and get over 50 archive interviews, you get early access to our filmed interviews, including this episode, which is already available for our patrons. Uh, if you go to patreon.com forward slash membrane podcast or click the link tree link in the podcast description and in all of my social media bios, uh, and that will take you to the page and then you'll be able to help us out. So thank you very much for that. Really do appreciate it. And so, uh, yeah, you're just helping us keep this wonderful beast on the tracks. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. So, Christmas. I, do you know what? It, it was like November. It was end of, end of November. And was it in October? It was one of them. I think it was the end of October. And I and I heard a Christmas song in, I think it was in TK Maxx. As you, listen, if you're, if you're in, if I'm in a town, if you see that I'm gigging in your town, um, chances are that you'll bump into me in TK Maxx. I've just, uh, I, like, I just like being in there. Uh, my missus finds it stressful, but and so other friends of mine. But I love being in there. I've really got a knack to it now. I know, I know what I'm looking for. I can normally find some pretty decent stuff without having to stand in there for hours and hours. So, if I'm in your town, chances are I'll be in your TK Maxx. So, if you want to come and say hello, go to TK Maxx. You'll find me in there. Absolutely, 100. Um, so yeah, anyway, so Christmas is coming. And then I was like, oh, we've got loads of time. So much time. Don't worry about it. So much time. And then suddenly Kate said to me, she went, yeah, Christmas is next week. And I was like, what? So yeah, 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 it's next week, dickhead. So I've had a mad panic now, having to rush around. We rushed around the other day, gathering things, uh, family presents and writing cards and things like that. Because Kate's really organised and I'm not. So, well, I, you know what, to the point, I don't know, I try, we talk about that in the episode, actually, I try, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I have bursts, bursts of um, organisation, and then just, just, and then it all just collapses around my ears. Um, so as I say, we talk about that in the episode, um, we also, there's a lot of, this is, we cover a lot of ground in this one, um, 
And the talk of uh, childhood abuse comes up. As a little heads up to anyone listening. Um, we don't go into the details of it. I don't. I never feel. I never feel that that's helpful. You know, and I don't. It's not. I don't want people to listen to this and think that. You know, it's because it's. I don't want to feel like you know. We, we're getting into it, you know, we don't want to be too, you know, be gratuitous and just, you know, talk about what happened just for the sake of it, you know. The whole point of the podcast is to hear that people, what people have been through, how, hear how they coped with it and how they got to the other side and got their life back on track. And so I don't, so sometimes I don't feel that the details are necessary. So you'll hear in the interview that, you know, it'll be mentioned, but I, I don't feel, I don't ask like, oh, what was it? Because I don't feel there's any point. I'd, I'd rather talk about how we how we got to it. And if the guest wants to, wants to talk about it, then that's fair enough and that's fine. But I don't, we're not here, we're not here to, to, to you know, we're not, we're not a tabloid newspaper. We're trying to help people. So, so that's it. So when you get to that, you know, and you'll, you'll hear it come up and then I don't really, I kind of write, we, we talk about how what happened afterwards rather than what happened at the time. So, but uh, our guest Harriet Dyer, she is uh, very open about what what's going on. She's done shows about it. So, if you are interested to find out more about Harriet, uh, there'll be a link to her by um, all of her social media stuff at the end of this uh, episode as well. So you can click on that and find out more about her. Um, yeah, she's she's one of my favourite people. I've I've known her for many years. We kind of did we start at the same time, maybe. No, because I've been, I've been in, I've been doing it. I'm in my nineteenth year now, so uh, maybe she's been doing it 10, 12 years, maybe. But anyway, that's irrelevant. Um, we, so we've geeked together loads. I've known her a long time, and she's been very open about her struggles with her own mental health. We talk about that in the in the in the uh, episode. And you know, it's just she's just a great person to talk to. Like I say. Like I've said this before, right? This is a mental health podcast, but a lot of people kind—they don't really realise that. A lot of people go, "Well, I thought it was about mental health." They go, "Yeah, it is." If you listen to what people are saying, it is about mental health, but it, it doesn't have to be, you know, maudlin and morose. You don't have to talk about uh, taking care of your mental health in that way, or talking about things that have happened to you. You can do it in a way that's kind of like, I "Can't believe I did that." When, you know, like we had Ishan Akbar on, you know, a few years ago, and he was talking about. Like his suicide attempt, and that was, and the way he did it was through humour. I mean, you know, and that's that. You don't. That's it. So there's different ways of talking about these things, and it doesn't have to be heavy. It doesn't have to be kind of you know too serious because that's that's another way of taking care of your mental health, like using humour to deal with these things. Because some of the things we get up to and some of the things we think are fucking ludicrous, aren't they? And we just have to, you know, if you if you can laugh at it, that'll make you feel a whole lot better. So. Yes, anyway, so that's what that's the episode that'll be in the episode this week. You'll listen to it in a minute. And do you know what? Every time I do this, producer Paul and I go, right, let's do the introduction, let's keep it, let's keep it sweet and keep it short. And I always prattle on. Because I like talking to you. I like I like I like to I like to have a chat with you, you know, and uh, hopefully, you know, you enjoy these bits. If you don't, you fast forward it anyway. But anyway, listen, coming up in a minute is Harriet Dyer. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. 
For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. A podcast from producer Paul.co.uk. Insane in the membrane. You all right? Yeah, you look snazzy. <laughs> I did, yeah, well, I thought I did. And then, yeah, I look like a dustman from the 60s. <laughs> I think you're being very uh, harsh and specific on yourself. <laughs> uh, you good, you all right? Yeah, fine. I, I I think yeah, fine. It's a weird time of year, isn't it? So yeah. I I think I feel fine. The the ice does not help because I've been telling my partner. I said, oh, you need to get because he's got the. Well, this is very boring, but he's got the. You know when you put water in your for your windscreen wipers yeah, and yeah, then yeah. it freezes over, so that it's just like sandy slush. So then I said, oh, you need to get my windscreen wiper solution that I got because it can take up to minus 20 degrees. <laughs> and then, and I was telling him all this and then yesterday, fucking frozen. So even my fantastic, <laughs> me preaching about my windscreen wiping solution, terrible. So well, aren't you, don't you live in, don't you live in, you live in the countryside? Yeah. So yeah. is that, it must be, uh, it must be worse because it's a bit more, a bit more, bit more open. Where you yeah, live. yeah, it is. Well, when you look out, because because you can see all the peaks and that from yeah. where we are, it's all completely white, and then uh, it's just yeah, just really icy. But I'm not really because I, I I just sort of draw. Yeah, I'm not too uh, like up the windy. There's a hit. Oh my god, we were going to move to this house that's literally. In fact, that's even being generous. It's <laughs> it's like so. So I don't know how you'd manage, and because par- cars park there, so I don't know how they'd manage yeah. in this weather. And then because I saw a uh, coming back from a gig last night, I saw a man in the middle of a road with two Asda bags on his shoulders. And I thought, oh bless him, I think he might be mentally ill. And then I was like, oh no, it's the it's because of the pavements are so uh, so icy. So he's just in the middle of the road trying. Oh, I mean, he didn't have to be in right in the middle of the road, did he, really? Um, I think he's one of them. You just get to a point where just none of it makes sense. Nothing yeah. really makes sense. Yeah. We're just trying to stay upright. Yeah. <laughs> All bets are off. Yeah. It's like just trying to park just now and the top of the multi-story is just covered in old snow, which is now ice. And so oh, people no. are trying to get up the up the ramp and then they're having to come back down again. And so it was all, you know, and no one... We're not used to it, so no one knows how to how to handle it. And everyone, we're all being sort of quite well mannered. We're all, we're all trying to help <laughs> each other reverse and get out of the way. And yeah, oh god, we're rubbish. 
We're so and rubbish. It's, but we say we're not used to it, but it happens every other <laughs> year. And then we still don't know. And then and then you always think back to, because I'm sure the only time was, these are questions on our theory test. Yeah. Like, are you supposed to drive into the slide or whatever? So I always think, what did it say on my... Because I, I think other than that, we would never know. Because <laughs> you, you, you are supposed to drive into... If you skid, you're supposed to like drive into it, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, but that I, doesn't feel natural. No, and it, it does. It doesn't matter how long you've been driving. You know, you, if something like that takes you, you know, none of us are, well, none of us are fast and the furious, are we? No. <laughs> so when something like that, that happens, you just kind of just like I was driving to a gig. We were going to Western Supermare. It was early on a Sunday. There was three of us in the car, and we we're driving up the road, up the motorway, and it was just the rain was so solid. That the 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 floor was like a mirror, and it was just fucked. And cars were crashing into each other, left, right, and centre. And as we were going up, this car hit the central reservation on the other side, and all the bits flew oh, over the no. barrier onto our car. But I don't know. I was just so focused on getting to the gig, I just kind of drove through it, and it all sort of bounced off, and I kept going. And then this guy behind me kept flashing, flashing. So I'm like, "What's going on here?" So I pulled over. And then he pulled in and he's like, are you all right? I went, yeah, yeah, we're fine. I thought, oh, I thought there was like something stuck under the car. And he went, no, no. He goes, I just saw what happened. He goes, and and then you just kept going. He goes, did you see what happened? I went, well, I just saw the bits come flying over. I didn't see exactly what happened. I couldn't have told. I wouldn't wouldn't have been a very good witness. And he's like, oh, I just want to make sure you're all right. I'm like, yeah, mate, I've got to go. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It depends, doesn't it? It depends. It's all for real going, oh, you have to do that when you... When yeah, the yeah. Happens, but at the time, your reaction—you could do anything. I don't know. Well, exactly. No, you're right. Because that's what, what's it called? Like when you said it, it's like a mirror, it's like aquaplaning, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I've done that before, and you're just gliding along. You're like bloody. Oh hell. shit! Have you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I had to go all the because the trains were down, so I had to like last minute drive to London. And pretty much the whole way there, I was just oh, gliding God. along. And then I remember <laughs> another comedian said to me. Oh, you need to get some winter tires, Harriet. And then all the—that's all I could think of. Oh, why didn't oh, I yeah. get some winter tires? <laughs> See, that's the thing, isn't it? With now, I've only—I've known you a few years. Yeah. And I know that if someone says something, like, that's it. You'll be—that's all you can think about. <laughs> yeah. To and you've never thought about winter tires before. No. Well, because I—I I think the problem is like I would get winter tires, but all four. Of your tyres never need changing at the same time. No, no, weird, so you'd have to get rid of another tyre, which that to me is I I can't make sense of it. I think that's what you have to do. You have to you have to. Have oh, to... you have to completely start again. But I think well, what if one of my tyres is looking exceptional? Then then they that goes to a waste, doesn't it? I don't think you throw them away. I think what they in an ideal world, in the perfect world where these winter tyres exist. They've got a garage, and every year what you do is you swap your. Oh. So you've got like you've not only got tires, you've got two sets of wheels, and so in your garage, in your perfect little garage of all your perfect little tools and all your perfect <laughs> lubricants and all the stuff, you've got like a winter wardrobe and a summer wardrobe. You've got your winter stuff down one side, you've got your summer stuff down the other. And your different oh. sets of wheels, and then you go, oh, it's October. I better swap me <laughs> wheels. Oh, that makes more yeah. sense. Yeah, right. I'm just going to butt in here because I know my friends bought winter tires and would bang them with me. <laughs> I know where they go if you haven't got your own garage. You can have them garaged at your, at your quick fits and places. Like They have a holiday. 
They, what? Uh, they have a bit of winter, you know, a bit of a winter warm. Uh, well, we're all suffering. <laughs> your, your summer tyres are <laughs> kicking back, having a great time without you. It's not fair. It's a different world, the middle classes. <laughs> uh, working class people, they're lucky they got tyres. But you lot have got fucking holiday homes for your, for your wheels. See what so I have to deal with. I'm instantly thinking it's a racket as well. And there's someone, if they're stalled at Quick Fit, Quick Fit, and then giving them to people the other sides of the world where it's summer. Oh, you think they're all just swapping them around? Yeah. Them around. <laughs> yeah. They're going, oh, yeah, they're we're looking the... after your tyres. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, they're making... and there's someone in Honolulu like, woo. <laughs> Driving around on British summer tyres. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think is happening. I, if that's not happening, that should happen. That's a, I think that's, yeah, why not? It's like you can um, timeshare your tyres. <laughs> <laughs> that's madness. I like that. That would be... Yeah, why not? <laughs> it's better than them sitting there. Mind you, yeah. Oh, so but then they'd wear down, wouldn't they? That's so true. Then you'd now, get them. yeah. And then you don't, yeah, you don't know where you are, you know? And then they'd, yeah, they'd come back, they'd, they'd be worn down, then you've got to replace them. Exactly. Then we we're back where we started, Rich. We haven't thought of this through at all, have we? <laughs> no. <laughs> How you been anyway? You all right? <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. I think I'm all right. Uh, you just... Get on, don't you, really? Yeah, you have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's all right. We're, we're well, so we're, we're trying to move house at the minute, and um, but only, like, only, like, to a new rented house because we need the space because my partner's kids moved in a couple of years ago in yeah. lockdown, and then we need the extra room. So, um, but even just renting, the when you say you're a comic or whatever, and now, because my partner's now self-employed as well, because he's a personal trainer, and it's just, uh, at some points, I was getting completely ghosted when I was saying I was a comedian. Yeah. I think people think that it's like, would be a lie. So I'm now having to be more like, oh, I'm a, a media content <laughs> like yeah i'm having to go so far removed because even writer that wasn't really helping yeah so uh so it's just been diff- difficult and then in the end so i think we're moving i think mm. with this guy but the guy he keeps releasing more information. So we put the holding deposit down, but the place, because I was so desperate to move, there was a complete building site. So I was like, yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, and then he keeps releasing like more information. That So he's like, so the, yesterday he was like, oh, just to let you know, I will be your next door neighbour, so I'll be seeing you all the time. And I was like, oh well, that's God. strange, isn't it? So I've, every time like we correspond, he releases another bit of information that is strange. So. No. Oh, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you never want to see your landlord, no, do of course you? Not. I don't like next door. What can you do exactly. next door? Jeez. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's, it's, one of, it, it's funny, isn't it, with... Renting and stuff. It's like the rents are going through the roof. Oh, and ridiculous. Yeah. And as you say, you know, you go, oh, I'm self-employed. And then they go, oof. Yeah. You go, well, what am I supposed to do then? If I can't rent what, and I can't buy, what am I meant to do? They go, oh, yeah, go go and live with someone else. You go, well, I can't. I- you know, I'm 50 years old. What are you on about? Exactly. I'm a grown-up. Yeah. Yeah. So especially like if if like me and the kids can't move in, go into well, a gonna, house. Yeah. They don't give a shit, do they? They're Room just, for yeah. four. <laughs> <laughs> just turn up on your mum and dad's and your mum and dad's doorstep. Hello. Uh, 
I've got some news, but first, they put the kettle on. <laughs> yeah, but even that, like, because my, my family live in Cornwall, so you couldn't do comedy and live down there. It would just be impossible. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, and then and then when I met the guy, he was like, oh, yeah, we've got, because me and my partner have a car each. He said, oh, yeah, of course. And then and then when we're meeting tomorrow, he's like, oh, we need to talk about the parking. So I was like, oh, well, you need to not agree to stuff. And yeah. then, and then... But I do. But I may well be wooed with a uh, a dishwasher. Never had a dishwasher before. He said, ah. "Oh, we need to talk about the dishwasher." I was like, "A Hello, dishwasher? <laughs> Never had a that's well middle class, isn't it? A dishwasher." <laughs> um, it used to be. I don't know if it is now. I mean, it's. I never had one when I was growing up. No. But we've I think got it's one. Fancy. We've got. Oh, you've one. got one. We do have... you use it? Um. Uh. Well. No. Sometimes. If there's loads, but we don't let it build up, to be honest. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, we just kind of, I just kind of do it. I quite like doing it, actually. I quite like washing up. I was watching. Yeah, so yeah. I find washing up and t- having a shower, I think a lot in, yeah. in, like, I think of jokes or stuff like that when I'm, in, when I'm in the shower or doing the dishes. Well, Sean Ryder said the same thing he quite likes. I was listening to his, um, Audio book, How to Be a Rockstar. And uh and he said, I didn't know he had one. I love yeah, him. It's great. Oh fantastic. Yeah, it's he great. lives he's supposed to live near me in gossip, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, it's not far. It's not far. Um and he it was he was talking about the the, the washing up. He said, Yeah, he, he quite likes doing it. Getting it done. But I do remember years ago, about tw- it was blimey, nearly twenty years ago now. I was living in Maidstone in Kent and uh I was living with a, a partner and her and I, because it was just mad it was a party all the time we let the i and i couldn't even be bothered to do the washing up it did it just it just st- <laughs> like stack up it was like with now and i just yeah. i don't even know why because now i can't handle it i'm like oh, i've got i've got i need to wash that up i can't just leave it i'm like as soon as i've eaten so i'm like <laughs> washing it up yeah yeah, yeah. well when it gets so high you must think well what's the point especially because when you're in party mode as yeah. well Washing up doesn't matter. No, exactly. You just start drinking out of vases and baking <laughs> yeah. trays. Something, <laughs> you, you know, gives me all a bit more of an edge, doesn't it? <laughs> you don't give a shit because you're so off your nut anyway. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but you're you. So I've known you a few years, and you've you've you're very, you've been very open about your uh, struggles with your own mental health. I think that's been. You know, I found that quite inspirational when I, over the years listening to you. You're very open about what's gone on and things you've been through, and you know. Uh, well, well, I can't really, because um, uh, I, I sort of say this in my latest show. I say uh, it's not, it's not really been a conscious decision. It's more of a case of people meet me and then they need an explanation <laughs> because, <laughs> <laughs> because it. Well, I don't know really. Uh, I think because when I first started doing comedy was, uh, uh, well, I never thought of it. And then at uni, um, I did like a weird sketch thing with, with someone and then, which was awful. And then I've I've never been great at working in groups. And then I worked by myself uh, doing, uh, then I turned up and everyone was like, oh, are you ready for the stand-up comedy assessment? I was like, what? And uh, someone said, oh, tell that story that you told at the pub. Uh, the other week about how you died twice. And I was like, oh, right, it's funnier than it sounds. So then <laughs> I, I, I was like, so from the off, I uh, spoke about like what was true uh, and then and found 
I guess, solace in in uh, sort of making shit that I'd been through funnier, uh, funny and getting laughs from it. So, yeah, so I guess from... And then at the time, I had like a, well, a terrible drink problem. And then my the head of drama at uni was like, oh, we need to... She actually got these extenuated circumstances to carry on the course to went to the doctor because there was a drink problem, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I think because it all started, uh, comedy started when in chaotic and tough times then it's yeah. always been and i always like uh i've always it's always easier to chat about what you know like i've yeah. i've never been like well i don't know what do people normal people talk about oh see i'm yeah. trying to do an example here i can even <laughs> tell you <laughs> no, I, always. I think, yeah i think because of my this comes up a lot because of my generation and the generations before not really talking about it i guess it's I guess it's more it's more normal now for people to be more open about their things, and so that seems odd to to people in, of my age and a bit young and a bit older. Whereas you're like, yeah, that's, well, what else do people talk about then? We are, you know. Well, I I, well, I guess when I the first did uh, talk about it, I guess it wasn't as because my my parents are, as well for when my. Because my dad was born in in the late forties. My dad's gay, and he was born in the late forties when it was illegal to be gay, mm, which is yeah. just insane. So I think he, uh, well, you would, wouldn't it? How you feel if society's telling you that it's not only bad that it's so bad that it's illegal? That mm. would definitely, you know, I think I definitely think my dad would have had mental health issues, and my mum, but neither. You know, my mum's from a small town in Doncaster, so they, they, yeah, they definitely did, but never spoke about it. And I think even that, like years ago, when I was like telling my dad, I, I think because I often battle with, I always, I think often we think, oh well, it's, we're somehow failing as a human if we need medication for our brains and stuff and it's, I've definitely a few years ago gone to my dad. Oh, I, I think I don't know whether to carry on taking this but that's oh no you know you like sort of why would you take that so mm. i think i think they'll always think a bit like that um so yeah so i i get it but i i yeah well although because i i once made the mistake of i was resident compare for this so comedy club and uh and i made the mistake of reading the view the reviews and it, the one woman was like oh god she she t- uh, what's it called overshares far too much <laughs> so maybe maybe i do because there's no um i saw this interview with um the guy from is he called jordan from rizzle kicks and he said right. that he's got ADHD and he found out because he took some of his friends Ritalin and then could think uh, found that he could think things before saying it and then said to his friends oh is this what happens to people that they they think first and then say things and and their friend was like yeah and he was like oh wow I've that's do you know that I yeah I know I know what you mean so yeah. you say it. So when you think something, it doesn't come out of your mouth. Not all the time. Sometimes oh, what happens with me is that I say the wrong thing. So I go, I do have the process where I go, oh, yeah, say that. And I'm like, is that, is that, good? yeah, that'd be fine. And then I say it and then I see people's faces go, <laughs> oh, mate. And I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah, sorry. That was a lot. That was a lot. 
Oh no, so yours is that you do still think it, but even when you're thinking yeah. it, you're then thinking the wrong thing and still yeah. saying it. My <laughs> my parameters are too they're a bit further out than other people. So I say stuff and they go, Okay. Um well I don't know if the dinner table is the place, but <laughs> you want to talk about that. Well you've do you know what, in that brief space of time, you have said so much that we need to we need to unpack. Right. It's, oh right, hang on, we need to go back. <laughs> What do you mean you nearly died twice? Oh, yeah. So I, so when I was, because I, uh, I had a lot of uh, abuse and that as a child. And then, and then, and I was very mentally ill as well. And, and my mum was fantastic, but just would say I was eccentric. So it never got, mm. uh, it never got sort of sorted out really. So All then, right, yeah. um, so then I, I just went to the, from such a young age, just drank and did drugs and stuff. And then, uh, and th- and then my body was just, uh, I think, just having a terrible time. And then I went to this nightclub in uh, Newquay and- with Sticky Floor that sold pasties. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. What a place. <laughs> what a place. And you drive the day. I remember once the next day I woke up and I had a whole pasty stuck to the bottom of my foot. <laughs> 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 I mean, like, most, people get, the most people get gum or no, something. this is only uh, in <laughs> Yep. Uh, and then, um, so I was in this nightclub, and, and then, and I had this terrible pain. And then all my friends were just like, "Oh, dance it off." So mm. I was like, "All right." So I was dancing, dancing it off, and then, but it turned out my appendix had burst, and oh, I had no shit. idea. <laughs> And then, um, and then at the time I was going out with this guy, and he was very skinny, very hairy, so we called him the pipe cleaner. Right. And then he was like, "Oh, come out with me afterwards." And I was like, "Oh, I don't know if I can. I've, I'm in a lot of pain." And in the end, in the end, we went for a walk on the beach. Uh, got home silly o'clock in the morning, and then uh, I couldn't even make it to my bed. And then my mum's spidey senses was like, "Something's not right." So then. Uh, I was like, oh, I'm in so much pain. And then mum was like, mum called the colonel doc. And then he was like, oh, she's fine. And then my mum didn't believe him. So she called the doctor that used to be a vet who like will touch you in very odd places. But he's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, she needs, she's dying. Get her to hospital. Oh, shit. So then, yeah, so then I got rushed into hospital. And then the doctor there goes, because I was 17, the doctor there goes, oh, uh, when did you lose your virginity? Which don't you think that's weird? Because if they thought you were pregnant, they would just go, "Is there a chance you could be pregnant?" Yeah. Not... Why would you need to know when, uh, what age I lost my virginity? Yeah, that so weird. that was weird. Yeah. And then, uh, so then I was rushed into theatre, and then and then died on the operating table, and oh, was jumped and everything. And then people say, "Oh, did you?" And I and I remember seeing the tops of the surgeons' heads. I remember like looking down at what they were doing and then uh, which makes me think oh, maybe I was like floating off or something and then the p- people say oh maybe there were mirrors on the ceiling but it's not it's not Hugh Hefner's bedroom why would there be <laughs> mirrors on the ceiling no, in the hospital <laughs> I've never heard anyone go oh, yeah it'd be the mirrors on the ceiling no yeah what are you all about why would there be mirrors on the ceiling what Exactly. You don't need to see what's going on if you. Exactly. <laughs> so I think I think I was just floating off. Let me have it. Guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, enough people have said the same thing, so it must be a thing. Yeah. Whether it's true or not, whether it's just your brain playing games, or it is you are off. You're off. Yeah. Your 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 soul's off. And that's yeah. nice to think, yeah, isn't I'd like it? That. 
I think yeah. I prefer that than just your brain going, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Boop. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> but that's the, how can you, because I've heard other people say that their appendix burst and then they, that was it. They burst and they were like, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything, but you just carried on dancing. Well, because I was on drugs. So maybe it was, uh, maybe yeah. I was surviving purely on ecstasy. You were already, you were already <laughs> yeah. high. And pasties. <laughs> Pills and pasties. That's going to be a great audio book. I look forward to that. Pills and pasties and belly aches. Pills and pasties. That is good. <laughs> so then, so then I I was told that I could leave after you know a good couple of weeks. I was told that I could leave the hospital after if I kept because I couldn't keep my food down. They were like, if you keep this baked potato down, you can go home. And then I didn't keep it down, but they sent me home anyway. And then yeah. I, so- I sounded like, do you remember uh, Stevie from Malcolm in the Middle? They used to go, I can't oh, yeah. breathe. And then my mum and brother were like, oh my God, you really sound like him. And I was like, yeah, but I can't <laughs> breathe. And then so then the doctor come around again and he was like, God, I think. Hang on. She's got pneumonia. So then I went back into hospital again because the nurse didn't have her glasses on and didn't plug me into the bloody, uh, uh, what's it called? The, the nebula- nebulizer, yeah, the, yeah, breathing yeah. Fi- the breathing thing properly. Yeah. Oh, mate, we lost you for a bit there. Oh. When you're, uh, yeah, so you just said to your pet, to your, the doctor said, oh, my God, I think, and then we missed what you said. Oh, I think you, she's got pneumonia. Oh, right, okay. Okay. Yeah, so then I went, yeah, so then, and then I and went then, yeah. back in, died again. Bloody hell. <laughs> and did you, do you remember anything about it apart from the floating about a bit? Do you remember? No. Because you were just gone. Yeah, but I remember, it must have been bad because every time people come to see me, they were like aghast. And yeah. I remember they, they'd come in the ward and then they just, yeah, they looked shocked. I remember that. And I remember that, um, so solid, 21 seconds. I'm mm. sure it was number one at the time. I remember that that song everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds a long time ago, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Bloody hell. And now look at you. <laughs> and then and then later on, you were saying that your dad, your dad was gay. And then yeah. uh, did you, uh, did he come out when you were young or was that a later on thing? Uh, well, that was, the, uh, oh, it was it, it, because I thought, like my parents had this fantastic relationship and then oh my poor dad must have you know just been hiding because he you know in Cornwall he was brought up on a farm which you know is backwards at the best of times let alone when it's illegal to be gay it's terrible so then um I I don't know for sure you know when he was because he was he was on a lot of business meets going off on business meetings and stuff like that and i don't, i oh, i yeah. have no idea which was yeah which were <laughs> business meetings and which were which weren't yeah um uh but one time he went the first time that he just full on well when it wasn't a business meeting he just sort of disappeared for a bit he was off with this man I and mean, it was so out of character that i remember the whole street was looking for him because it was so oh. it was so out of character but then it sort of happened more and more and i think like i hate i hated him at the t- and i th- i'm sure i knew before anyone else did, I think I don't know because I have a joke about it, but I feel I thought I made that joke up, but I feel like because um, he'd be on the computer a lot, and I think I think he'd go if I'd go, oh dad, can I have a chewing gum? He'd go in my bag, and uh, and then I go 
to get to it and there'd be like a tub of lube and stuff so there was like things like clues piecing together so I feel like I knew and then was telling him to tell mum and telling him uh, but but yeah he wanted to because he had this lovely family so he he wanted both which I thought made him a prick but he he was just having like you know coming to terms with who he was really Um, but then it was just sad because my mum uh you know, my mum had no idea. My mum, she was, he was the only person my mum was ever with in her whole life. Oh, wow. And, uh, and she had no idea. But, but when my dad then came out as gay, well, was sort of forced out of the house, I guess, um, people were like, oh, yeah, we did fit. It's like, why didn't you bloody say anything? <laughs> like, oh, mum had no idea. Because my mum apparently had, um, so she was at like a crossroads. There was, my dad, and then this guy that I think my dad either worked with or lived with that uh, that declared his love for her, and then my mum chose my dad. But the guy that declared his love for her was a, di- a diamond setter called Ray, who was. Do you remember? But like, in, was it in the seventies? Maybe there was a. Um, uh, uh, there was this big advertising campaign about a man that was pregnant. Yeah. And it and it, it was him, the man in the. <laughs> He, the, yeah, he was the man that declared his love for my mum, the man who was in the advertising campaign for a pregnant man. But I don't even know how that happened, especially if it was a diamond setter and not particularly a model or anything. Yeah, he obviously did some extra work or something like yeah, that. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So I think my mum often thought, oh, I wonder if what would have happened if I'd have gone for the pregnant man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, and then, and so they, and then they split up when your dad came out then. Uh, yeah, they, well, they, but they never divorced or anything. Dad no. just lived. And then when my mum died, my dad moved back in, back in the house and then to, towards the end of, uh, well, no, for a lot of it. The, the, yeah, they were like, my dad would do my mum's head in and she'd go, she'd be like, oh, he's round again, looking through my drawers. But, <laughs> but like they were, I think they, they, they were really good friends. And it was my dad that, you know, would go get a, you know, go get a medication and could do errands for her and stuff. Yeah. So I think they had a real, you know, deep love for each other. Uh, That's nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bless them. <laughs> how did you, how did you find all that? It must have been quite confusing for you. Uh, oh, well, yeah, because well, because I had all the bloody, I had all the abuse stuff to process. Then I had that, and then because I was like a daddy's girl when I was younger as well. So then, I then to see him now, I knew that you know this was happening, and he was upsetting mum and with his actions, mm. and so so, and then as well at the time, obviously I was being a teenager, so they're all hormones, so I was very. Um, just a typical like goth sad, oh uh, Nevada posters on the uh, <laughs> <laughs> just very yeah, I was just very uh, uh, very upset all the time. I don't know yeah, I don't know which was the where where the issues began and stopped and where yeah, the yeah, yeah. T just being a teenager was. <laughs> um, so yeah, just felt I guess very alone a lot of the time. Cause but then now it's so weird because there was definitely a girl in my uh, girl in my year at school whose dad 
uh, left her mum for another man. And then there was, you know, um, oh, and then uh, who ended up being like a next door neighbour friend that I had, her dad did the same. And, you know, uh, Matt Price, the comedian mm, yeah. from Cornwall, he is actually brought up, he's, he brought was brought up the opposite side of a little river from me. And his dad is also gay. And he worked in the fish factory when I was at what? secondary school one day. There was this terrible smile. And that's because the fish factory was on fire. And Matt says about, and yeah, so so that's that's weird, isn't it? That it's that all that all that going so, on. There's so many, so many dads are gay, unless it is just a thing that is more of a that era thing because people couldn't be themselves. Maybe that's what it is. It's more that they're from the same era rather than it's a Cornish thing. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I think it's definitely yes. A lot more people were doing what they thought they should do rather than what they wanted yeah. to do. You know, society saying like, well, you're a, you're a man and a woman and you yeah. have to get married and you have to have kids. Whereas now we're all kind of like, well, if that's not what you're into, you don't even have to get married. Well, this is, I was talking to my neighbour about this day, only yesterday because we were saying, because do you remember when it was like, oh, that bastard child out of wedlock? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it was a yeah. bad thing. Yeah, and then and then now that's just. I wonder when that just stopped because that's just suddenly stopped being a thing when that was really such a yeah such an awful thing. Not even that long ago. Well, that was it. I think yeah, way but even look yeah when I was yeah it would have been yeah when I was before I was just before or as I was born it would have been that right she's she's pregnant you did it you, <laughs> like it was like just you know like two people were having a bit of fun. And pregnancy happened. It wasn't like, you know, and then like, oh, shit, okay. But now it's like, right, now you have to get married. This, It's the law because God won't like you. And you're yeah, like, God, yeah so, that is, <laughs> yeah, so that is what it's all tied up in, yeah. isn't it? Do not let God down, you hussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's never the fella. Well done to the no. mate. Oh, well done, mate. Well done. It all works. Well done. But her, yeah. get in the bin. How dare you? <laughs> Had as well the whole thing of a bastard child. Yeah, that poor. The poor fucker's born and already a, a bastard. Yeah, it's Bloody not human hell. beings. When you look back at all that shit, I'm, I'm, if anyone listening, you know, if, whatever you believe is what you believe, and I'm not, I'm not here to knock it. I'm just saying that a lot of it is weird. <laughs> yeah. When you really break it down, and look at it, you go, that doesn't make sense. Why would that be a thing? What is it? It's been covered many times by many comedians, but what, the fella in the sky, he's the one, he, yeah. he, he gets to judge us all, and before we were even born, we were already in debt to him. Go fuck yourself, mate. Who yeah. the fuck do you think you are? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you made this, did you? Well, get back here and repair it, because it's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking dodgy dude, fucked off after his work. How dare you? <laughs> Um, but yeah, you're like, and you've, you've like, so yeah, you've been very open about what's what you've what you've dealt with in your life, like, and you have just uh, on here as well. But your mental health, um, I imagine, like, I, I, having to deal with all that, and and, did, and I imagine you didn't have counselling until much later on. No, well, I've never really, yeah, I've never really had it really, because even there's just. Been in it. I've never. Fu- I've only done it. I've never paid for it, which I think mm. might be the problem. I've always. I well, once. So when I was younger, I had it, and 
the lady uh, that did it felt uh, she was just sh- uh, quite distant. And then I one day said, oh, is everything all right? And she said, oh, I'm thinking about moving back to India. So then we we ended up l- making a list of pros and cons uh, to stay. <laughs> If she wanted to stay or if she wanted to go. And she ended up going. Oh, my God. So, that, <laughs> yeah, so that was odd. And that, that I've just had sort of experience after, like, I've had sort of counsellors that have gone, like, when I've uh, not been drinking and stuff, uh, I've had one counsellor be like, oh, I bet you'd be so much fun to go out on the piss with. We've ended up <laughs> going out on the piss. Like, <laughs> so I've just had odds. Uh, yeah, you, went out or, on, you went out with them on the piss? Yeah, they, they were like, oh, I bet you'd be really fun to go out with. And what then I t- was like, shall we just fuck this off and go go <laughs> drinking? And then we did. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad you weren't paying for that. That's no, yeah. Just yeah. a counsellor, shall we? You know, this is the counsellor from Afterlife, the Ricky Gervais thing. Oh, I haven't seen oh, it. Oh, he's, that... pro- he's this like, proper geezer and he's just horrible. He's horrible. <laughs> yeah, but that's oh, well. Yeah, I've know. just had really, yeah, just, uh, just, and then I was once on an emergency, had a bit of a breakdown, and then I was on, I was put on an emergency waiting list for eight years, <laughs> 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 and then, uh, and then I finally had counselling, uh, and then it was in fact. The weather wasn't too dissimilar to it. It's now very snowy and icy. And first thing in the morning, and then there was this, um, this was when I was in Birmingham, and then I, I went to go in, and then there was this, like, black thing just uh, in front of the door as you go in, like, just under the snow. So then I thought, oh, I bet, because it's so early in the morning that the council's probably dro- dropped a glove or something, and then I'll give it to her, the, uh, give it to the... the then they'll be like, oh, oh, now I have two warm hands. How will I repay her? I'll fix her brain. So then I've picked it up, gone in, and I've picked up a dead rat. <laughs> like a frozen rat. Who doesn't look at what they're picking up? I've just picked it up. And then as I've gone in, they're just looking at me horrified because I've got this dead oh, rat in my hand. you didn't even look at it when it was in no. your hand? No, I've just picked it up and walked because it's frozen. You can't, you couldn't like, like feel a gloopy rat. So then, and then that, I was just really mortified about that. So then after waiting eight years, I was like, I cannot go back after after the whole rat fiasco. So then I've just, and then because I had one counsellor say, oh, that's very dramatic what you've been through. And I've just found like I've just, yeah, ended up just, but do you know what's really helped is st- be constantly doing podcasts and shows and stuff and talking through I do feel like I've that a lot of people don't get to do is talk mm. things through and then I've and then I'll you know and then when it uh, ruminates I'll think I'll think logically about it all and I am I am well once I uh ra- when I was at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival I uh rang 101 and I was it 101 someone told me to ring oh I was gonna kill myself anyway and then they said and then I was talking about it and they said, oh, well, you know, you seem very logical, so I'm not too worried about it. And I was like, yeah, I'm logically going to kill myself. <laughs> yeah, this makes complete but, sense to me. Yeah, but I, but uh, yeah, I, I always am like quite logical and uh, about things, I think. And I, and, uh, and now I know, because I've been mental for so long, I know, you know, when I just need to stop and s- step back and, well, not bit. Well, yeah, I guess maybe be a bit selfish and 
just thought, and I think that's a lot of it uh, is is not because especially when I was younger, I just lived for what uh, for for everyone else and for how they were and. Yeah. And whereas now, uh, like obviously your most, you know, like, you, you know, your kids and and whatever, you, it's different with them. But on the whole, I, I haven't got time to uh, um, entertain just nonsense and people that are toxic and yeah. all of that, which probably I used to do an awful lot. Whereas, and I think that's a big part of, feeling a lot better as well even even maybe with people that aren't so much toxic but just like going out drinking and just constantly doing social things that I never really enjoyed or just did really maybe for company or whatever and stopping all of that and uh just do yeah doing what I want to do is I think just a massive game changer in, in being happier uh, is just being a bit well, just doing what you want to do. Is that yeah. is that normal? Do, do people do that, or I don't, I don't know whether? I think it's, the... I think it's it's just again, it's all about balance, isn't it? It's all about you can be there for people, and but you know, you the trouble is, you like my like my wife Kate at the minute, she's going through a bit of a thing with a friend of hers where she just she's just like hang on a minute you're taking the piss and I'm, I'm a bit for that and my and Kate yeah. she doesn't she doesn't say that normally she'll just go no I think it's me maybe I'm overthinking it but she just went one day she went no you're actually you are taking the piss and I'm going to stand yeah. up for myself and I'm going to say something and as soon as you do that the other person immediately goes oh you're a shit friend and you go no Oh, what? Because I've called you on your bullshit. Yeah. So and then, and you can go and now you can go. Well, do you know what? If that's how you feel, I'm telling you how I feel, and you're not accepting it, and and I don't accept what you're saying. So do you know what? Why don't we just not be friends for a bit? You know, yeah. you go do you, and I'll do me. I think it's. I think because we do, because if you're a person that is there for other people all the time, you know, you do you do tend to sort of like forget about what you want, or you feel guilty when you put yourself first. Like now you've gone. But is that is that right? Is that normal? Go, yeah. It's, you can put yourself first sometimes. You don't have to be. If it's all the time, then. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But then I think because like with that as well, if because I'm similar, if I tell if I call someone out on their shit, then that is like they have literally been asking for it for a very yeah, long time. Exactly, like yeah. I, yeah, like I, so, yeah. But people, yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Because sometimes people just really take the piss as well. And I think a lot of people were taking the piss with me for a long because it's because when people well, don't when people don't do stuff for other people people never ask them because they'll go oh well they they won't do it but then so then they always get away with it but then the yeah. people that say they yeah that do do stuff then end up just do it always doing it never taking any time for themselves and it just being an exhausting life yeah and they and these people i've had it as well where there's been a couple of people that I suddenly was like, oh yeah, you were you were fucking awful, and then you go and then, and there's a part of you goes, oh maybe like later on when you're not talking to those people anymore and you're like, oh maybe was I a bit over the top? Maybe I you yeah. Know. But then you hear other stories and they go, oh yeah, they've been a dick to them as well and them and them and they're being a fucking dickhead to everybody. You're like, oh. Yeah, they're the common denominator. Yeah, yeah, and they bounce from one person to the other because everyone's calling them on their bullshit and then and then and then it's funny because there was someone, someone who I was mates with, we were both mates with this person. And then I suddenly noticed that they weren't talking to me anymore. They were kind of, I'm like, oh, your friends, you're oh, okay. And then I'm like, all right, listen, you know what you're doing, get on with it. And then 
gradually they came back and went, oh, listen, I sort of believe what they were saying and I'm really sorry because they fucked uh, me over as well. And I go, well, I didn't want to say, you know, you, you make your own you make your own decisions and then mm. I didn't want you to, I didn't want that to happen to you, but I had a feeling it might. So it's all right, it's all right to put yourself first. You can put yourself yeah. first and it's, it's completely fine. You know, as long as you're, it's all about balance, isn't it? Be there for yeah. people, be there for yourself, you know? It doesn't, it's not, doesn't make you a bad person, especially after everything you've gone through, you know, you need, you need to sort of take yourself off a bit and go, right, what's good for me for a minute? What, what do yeah. I need? You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's a lot. Sometimes I wonder like with counselling and stuff, should I, uh, should, cause you hear all sorts of, like a, a friend of mine said to me that there's that one where you, you like it's have you read it's like you follow a like your eyes follow like a a moving thing and then it's supposed to like reset like if there's like a specific big traumatic thing then it's supposed to like reset how you were made to feel at that time or something like there's so many different uh ways uh ways to sort of processing and uh trauma and stuff these days but i think you know i think overall I'm fine. I, th- I think yeah. I'm trying to think if because I used to be really bad. Like I couldn't sleep with without uh, like a light on, even in my uh, like late twenties and that. And if anyone, um, like I would get really triggered on public transport and stuff. If people are too close, although having said that, in fact, I was at a gig the other day and I was watching, and then these two guys came in. Uh, and they, they were all quite laddie. And then I was watching the show in the corner at the back and then they'd sort of like, uh, not through anything, just from how they were standing, they they just sort of, they sort of accidentally blocked me in and, and then, and I felt my sort, I felt sort of get a bit panic, panicked. Yeah. And, and, but then I was like, no, you're at a lovely little comedy night in Falmouth. <laughs> Calm yourself, Harriet. Yeah, relax. Yeah, exactly. So that it's, you know, I think, yeah, so it's, you know, understanding why, you know, if, if, because I think it's just natural for anyone to, especially if you've been through sort of, I guess, abuse and stuff to feel, um, to, you know, if you feel trapped or, because, uh, yeah, but I really get, like, I find, uh, like, being in London and on the underground and that just constantly, like, uh, jammed in and, packed in with people I find that quite upsetting but I think everyone in London finds that upsetting don't yeah, they and it's, <laughs> yeah and having moved out recently but been back for work oh so you don't live there anymore no I've moved to Brighton I'm living in Brighton now oh so, lovely yeah and I because to me like Brighton's only it's only an hour on the train so I'm like it's only up the road but when I tell other people and they're like no that's miles away I, go, I don't know I don't really think about it <laughs> but when I come back into London there is, I do, I do see it now. Like the other day, I was like, "Fuck!" There are so many people around. Yeah, it's and too it's, many. It's too many, and I think I rarely take the tube now, anyway, because I'm like, it's just as quick to walk. Unless it's like one side of London to the other, then that's fair enough. But when you're bobbing around the middle, you kind of go, oh, "I'll just that. I'll just walk. I'll just that'll take yeah. me half an hour. Or that'll take me whatever." So yeah, it's it's too much. It's too much. This this and it's too much. Yeah, that's bad on. though that you didn't even realise until you'd left it and come no, back. Just used yeah. to it because I grew up. I grew up in London, so I was like, "Yeah, it just is what it is." And this has been said before. I think with London, London specifically, because I don't feel like this in Manchester, and I know they're big cities as well. But 
London is a seems a little bit more ruthless. It's it's a little bit more. It doesn't care if you can keep up with it. It's just yeah. It's just this is how London is. You either get on board, get him, get on with it because London hasn't got time to wait for you. It's That's exactly it. it. Yeah. Whereas up here, there's still a sense of uh, if you you're still conscious of giving people if you can a two meter distance yeah, and all that. Yeah, there's yeah. still whereas that. I don't know whether it was ever in, but it's definitely not in at the minute. In, <laughs> definitely in, not. It, no. it was for a bit, but even then it started to slowly creep. Yeah. Creep back. <laughs> creep, but it's just, yeah. it's impossible with that amount of people though, isn't there? Like, yeah. It's not possible. No, but I do, I do have such a love for Manchester and, and that area. I just, but then I love Cornwall as well. Cornwall for me was, I've always got fond memories of being down there because of holidays, so. Oh yeah, it's just yeah. yeah for me, for me it's just shit stuff up and down there, so I find it quite triggering. But when course, I now yeah. see it in a new, because my partner and the kids will go like bodyboarding and stuff down there, so it's been really lovely to see it in, like to see it through their eyes. Uh, yeah. Because they're especially the kids. I don't even know if they'd been to the seaside before, so uh, t- to just see them just love it and love the sea and then you realise you know how lucky you were to have all that around you because it is beautiful and yeah. you know when the, weather, when the weather's nice it's you wouldn't know if some Cornish beaches were even in if you, if someone told you that some of the beaches weren't even in this country you wouldn't even question it it's so beautiful yeah. for fine sand beaches and that lovely <laughs> lovely it's beautiful down there how do yeah. you find being a being a parent now though? like you've got your you've got your partner's children uh that must be because uh, that's a that's it's, it's difficult being a parent it well because it was know. suddenly just because we suddenly got the full time so it's just been uh a lot but nice as well i, I yeah. think because the, you know because i've had a bit of a tough time so just trying to give uh Give the youngsters a better life is really nice, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's lovely. And yeah. when you, like you said, when you were growing up, you had a lot to deal with, and I suppose. To yeah, they to... have had as well, which right. is sad. That's so, a shame. yeah. So, but oh my god, is it normal to? Because I don't remember being like that. They just, they just want everything all the time. <laughs> like, well, there's so like much to death. have. Bike, yeah, dirt bikes. That's the latest thing, but they're so dangerous. <laughs> dirt bike. Yeah, I don't be giving. I my my um my youngest was all he loves motorbikes and cars and things like that, and he was always on about getting a motorbike. And I was like, I just got, I just don't think it's. I'm just, they're not the, safe. Exactly. You know, you're exactly. gonna get hurt, and I don't. Want and then you, to you see hurt. them. You see the lads with their balaclavas doing just about hey i have a little bit have a little bit of respect for them because they just seem to do be able to do wheelies for i can cons- they can bend so, the laws of physics yeah How a consistent wheelie for like a mile <laughs> <laughs> so that is quite impressive but it's just so they've just got no no uh no sense for the highway code rich <laughs> <laughs> I think there's an. It feels like because the people in charge of the place aren't. We've all found out that they're just a bunch of. Well, they've always been dodgy pricks, but yeah. they've been they've been completely exposed now. I think there's a feeling of I don't give a shit about any rules and regulations and laws because if they're if the ones that are putting the laws in place don't give a shit, why the fuck should I? Yeah, 
you know? Yeah. yeah. I think that's, I don't know if that's all young people, but if there's an element. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, but I, I don't even know whether, if whether, like, the young, the the ones that, that mine know and uh, and their friends, I don't even think they'd even know about any of that. I don't even know if you asked them if they would be able to tell you who the Prime Minister... Well, I guess because it has changed quite... Yeah, a, no one knows. A, a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd have a but, minute there. I was like, who is it this time? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it's, you know... But even... I Going back to the mental health thing, I liked the... Do you still do that gig that I did? The one in... Uh, when did you do it? Where did you, oh, did you did do it, it in Manchester? Yeah, we did it in that. Yes, in the zombie shack. Yeah, 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 zombie shack. Yeah, I've got this little um because during lockdown, uh, I just because we had no space, so I looked at getting a little office to get some work done, and then I ended up getting the uh, well, this the guy that ran this dilapidated old building where each room's a different thing, and it used to be a drama school where. Saran Jones and Jane Horrocks went, and Nick oh, really? Farrier, Rob Riley really? in Oldham, yeah. And then, um, uh, and I, so I just was going to get a little box room to do some work, and then the guy was like, "Oh, do you want to see a bigger room?" And I was like, "Well, definitely not." And then I did, and then I was like, "Oh, I could do, I could put my little mental health night uh, in there." So then we've built it into this little community space. So then I, we have like. Like next week, we'll do like a little Christmas event for people that would be alone at Christmas and stuff yeah. like that. So we put on all little things like that, and and that's where the that comedy night is as well. Oh. Uh, I have it there, which is which is nice because it was a really nice night. It was a really nice. It wasn't just a, a normal gig. It was like a proper like community get together, and you had a you had a buffet out, and everyone was. Oh yeah, so you did the Christmas wall. Christmas. I think yeah, yeah. 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 So that would yeah. have been twenty nineteen, maybe. Goodness, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Always do a little buffet for them at well because it always was supposed to be for somewhere where the comedians could that had you know mental health stuff that they wanted to talk about. But then it so quickly uh, became about the audience that uh, a lot of people come that don't really feel comfortable in like normal. Uh, yeah. like comedy environments for fear that they'd be, you know, um, shouted at or whatever. Because a, a lot of them... Well, the problem is as well, If when you think about it, so many comedians in comedy, without even realising, ask a lot of rhetorical questions. So if there's ever people that are autistic or don't really understand a, a rhetorical question, yeah. they, they pipe up. Uh, but not because they're being a prick. They think it's a question. They're asking. They're answering the question. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> so you get a lot of that uh, where people, oh yes, I went to the zoo once. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to the zoo, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I'm still friends with a couple of people from that night. Uh, How woman, are you, Tony? Who, yeah, I met that night, and we're still social media friends, and we interact now and again. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's there's lovely. been, um, there's been. I think, I think we've lost uh, a couple, but there's been quite a few. There's one that's, I think. In their seven year, there's one couple that met at a Barking Tales night, and they've just they've been together for seven years now, oh, which nice. is lovely, really nice. I think we had three couples, but two of the couples haven't made it during lockdown. But through no fault of my Barking Tales, <laughs> may I say. <laughs> it was, but that was the first time I became aware of um, because if someone there was someone who was autistic, I think in the front row, 
and every time they was they were doing rounds of applause, they'd put their headphones on. Yeah, yeah. And then I that's the first time, and I've used it since. When I've know when I know there's been people around that are autistic or you know have trouble with that kind of thing, when instead of clapping, you just wave, you do jazz yeah. hands. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, that's brilliant. I like that. And it, yeah, it's and it, nice. Yeah. And I did it again. I, yeah, I can't remember where I was, but there was, was someone in the front. I said, do you need us to just, we'll do jazz hands if you want. It's not a problem. And it was really nice. So Yeah, yeah. I, need to, I need to do it. Uh, I need to remember to do it all the time. Because there's a girl that comes to Barky Tales and she, her ticks get louder with all the... Yes. With all the, with all the claps. Um, she had once she goes she emails me before one of the shows and she goes just thought I should let you know Harriet during the weekend I've developed a new tick because the usual tick would be to shout out kittens but then uh, she developed a new tick which was a sarcastic laugh so then I had to tell the comedians just to let you know if there is a particularly sarcastic laugh it it isn't meant with malice it's just a new one tick <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh god. But I love that. I love that. There's these little places, pockets of people like bringing people together. It's like with this podcast. Like the amount of messages I get from people going, "Yeah, I feel they feel like they're part of something now." That's lovely. Nice. Yeah. It does, and it, it makes you keep makes you keep doing it. And that's why I want people on such as yourself, that have gone through things. I don't want you to have gone through things. That's a sad thing. But I want to hear how you dealt with it and what, how, you know, because you're in a better place now. Oh, definitely. What you, what you did to deal with it. Because people will listen and they'll go, oh, yeah, I had a similar thing. That happened to me. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry that happened. But here's someone else that it happened to. And here's what they had to say about it. And I Yeah, and that's, that's the beauty, I think, with podcasts and stuff like that. Because then you're just, because you're letting it, you're letting just someone find it when that when it's right for them, isn't it? Yes. Without just putting it out there, which is yeah, which is really good, really good. Especially, I guess, after lockdown and stuff, when a lot of things were, you know, for people that maybe couldn't get like, because we had a barking tail, someone that couldn't come for a long time because they were agoraphobic, and they'd sometimes even drive oh, wow. drive to the gig, but then couldn't get out of the car and stuff. So just how valuable it is to. Even after, because even though lockdown's finished, it hasn't finished for a lot of people, isn't it? They still can't leave their house and stuff. Yeah. So I think these things are so good, especially talking, you know, what you're talking about, uh, for people to, you know, feel less alone. It's great. Yeah, and I'm glad. I'm glad you're in a better place now, and you're doing all right. Because, uh, yeah, I think you're great, and it's always lovely to talk to you. And uh, I've been meaning to get you on for ages. It's one of them. I'm like, I should. I keep meaning. I'm really. I, people keep telling me I've got ADHD, and I'm like, I don't. I don't know. I think I'm just unorganised. <laughs> just I, or my brain. My brain's a bit fuzzed from COVID. I don't know, but I'm like, I must get. Oh shit! Yeah, there's that person. I got <laughs> married. There were so many people that I've just forgot to invite. That I should have oh, invited. No. Yeah, I'm like, oh, f- I was with. I was with somebody over there. I'm like, yeah, fuck. You should have been there. Fuck's sake. There's a mate oh, of mine. No. There's a mate of mine lives in Spain, Paul Nash, and his lovely wife Moira. And I told him I was getting married. And then because we'd had the conversation about it, I'm like, yeah, he's been invited. That's it. And then the wedding oh, happened. No. Yeah, the wedding happened, and he wasn't there. And I'm like, it was like, and the, the day was busy, so we were running around. But then it was like halfway through the, I was halfway through the reception. I'm like, oh, Nash is in here. I wonder what happened there. I'm like, oh, maybe he can get here. Maybe that. And I messaged him the next day. I went, what happened? Are you all right? He went. 
He goes, oh, he goes, I didn't hear from you. I mean, what are you on about? He goes, I didn't, I didn't get an invitation. I mean, I thought we'd spoken. I thought, and oh, shit. I hadn't sent him an actual invitation. <laughs> oh, no. So was so, he there thinking? He's like, oh, he hasn't got, he, he, he didn't want to message me in case I'd had a, me getting married, because it was all sort of sudden. And he kind of went, oh, maybe it's another one of Wilson's, Wilson's capers. <laughs> Yeah, I've gone off on this thing. Getting married, getting married, and then I'm not getting married, and it's all collapsed, and no, nothing's happening. And I'm like, anyway, I didn't want to. I didn't know where your mental health was at. Maybe something had happened. So I was like, oh, I'll just let. I wait to hear from him. I'm like, you fucking dick. You should have messaged me. Anyway, but you should have asked him instead have, of I, I just know. mentioning a thing and then assuming they <laughs> come from Spain to be there. Yeah, I just assumed he's just coming over. <laughs> But that's what I'm like. We, I try. I, I go through. I get a burst, and I go right. Yeah, and then I, I'm inviting everybody, and I'm all organised. I'm this and I'm that, and then it just falls apart again. And I go through waves of organised, fully organised. Everything's happening. Everything's flying. We're we're, we're, all, we're firing on all cylinders. And the next thing, all the wheels have come off, and I'm just <laughs> staring at the cupboards, going, "What did I? What did I what come out? What was I doing?" I'm exactly the same. But a friend of mine said because I get quite manically organised and do a million yeah. things and then will then crash. And then my friend said, because when I do crash and I, and I get like it anyway, if ever I'm not working constantly, I always think I'm being shit and I need to be better uh, at, yeah, at working. And then, but a friend said, you know what you need to do, Harry, is you need to remember that when you are being manic and doing everything, you're doing like seven times the amount of normal people yeah. anyway. So you need to <laughs> then when you do have a crash, you just need to go, well, yeah. I've, I've done very ridiculous. So you, maybe that's the same with you. You've I mean, done everything. I mean, it's the same. Yeah, you kind of yeah. go, yeah, I've done it all. So chill out. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then you'll have another burst and you'll do another year's work in a day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I find it terrible. I really find it hard to relax. So I look forward to a day off and then when one will come, I'll be like, well, now I don't know what to bloody do with myself. And then and then I'll, then it'll get to midday and I'm like, why? <laughs> I'm like that all the time. I'm like, right, I'm just going to go. I'm going to go to the gym and then I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. <laughs> And all of a sudden, I've been to the gym, and then it's three o'clock. Like, well, how did that happen? It was nine a.m. just now, and I don't know what I've done in that middle bit. And then, and then Kate comes in, she's like, "What have you been doing today?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I don't know what I did. I don't know. I'm just I'm lucky to have people around me like producer Paul that gets shit." <laughs> yeah, has, there's people that maneuver you. Yeah, he understands how I work now. And he's like, all right, well, just you just need to just stand in this bit here and just do that. <laughs> and, yeah, and he kind of works around me. He's a good man. But listen, Harriet, this has been lovely. Thanks for coming on. Thanks really for having it, me, mate. Rich. Really Very it. easy to chat to you. Went really quick, didn't it, funnily enough? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and where can we find you on all the socials? Oh, uh, Harriet Dyer Comedy, uh, and then, well, HarrietDyer.com. I don't think anyone uses a website. Does anyone? Uh, I've got one. I did oh, update it. I did do that. I don't know if people look on them. Some well, they'd there. be silly to because I never update it. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought so it a bit pointless. <laughs> but, but yeah, social media, just Harriet Dyer Comedy, I guess. Oh, and um, I've my show... Trigger warning is uh, at Soho Theatre on the 11th of April. So I would love for people to come to that. Excellent. That would be great. 11th of April, 2023. Harriet yeah. H. Bond Dyer will be. <laughs> you are. That's why it just fits. That nickname fits you. 
<laughs> uh, it fits. And uh, it should be there. April. So well done. Uh, Harriet, this has been great. Thank you. Have a great weekend, mate. And good Christmas. Thank you. And you. Lovely. All right. See you later. <laughs> Bye. Insane in the membrane. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk Shooting, live streaming and podcast production.